You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome to Real Presence Live Straight Talk here with Father Randall Kazel, broadcasting from the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota. We're happy to have any calls you may have for any questions. 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122 to call in your question. Today we have a special emphasis on prayer. And so if you have any questions on prayer or any questions you might have, we'd be glad to have them. And many of the saints are great teachers on prayer itself. I'm thinking of the great St. Alphonsus Liguori, one of the doctors of the church. In his book, The Way of Salvation and Perfection, he teaches us, To this end should be directed all the prayers that you offer to God and the Mother of God, to your guardian angel, to all of your patron saints, that they should obtain for you the grace perfectly to do the will of God. In short, this one expression, fiat voluntas tua, your will be done. And may that serve you as a remedy for all your evils and as a means of attaining all that is good. And I was thinking of an example of prayer with St. Faustina. She had a time of mystical prayer before our Lord, and she wrote this little uh, diagram in her diary where she put uh, my will and then God's will. And then through her will, she crossed that out. And then God's will, she emphasized or circled uh, in her diary. And that's really what all prayer is really about, and to live in the divine will, to live in God's will and all that God wants. That is the, the goal and the end of prayer. But uh, to, it needs to be a little more practical than that, because we, when we go and we want God's will, we discover the richness, the depth, and the breadth of God's will. All that God wills for us is so good and even in some senses a mystery unfathomable by our minds and hearts, the goodness of the divine will, wanting to be so close to us, care for us, and love us, and provide for all our needs. And it is in prayer, though, that we discover the and get, begin to have more and more a sense of the fullness and the wealth and the riches of, of seeking and wanting God's will in friendship, relationship with him. So I encourage you, uh, listeners, if you're interested in calling, you have a question, maybe on your prayer life or some prayers that you may pray or offer, 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. And a few of the greatest prayers the church has to offer, of course, are her liturgies, and at the heart of all the liturgies would be the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, where we're brought to be present to the one Calvary. We're present at Calvary, though, this in an unbloody fashion, but nonetheless, the same Calvary. We're transported mystically and spiritually, as if in the spiritual time, uh, time stops. We're transported back to Calvary to be there, to be united with Jesus on the cross for the sake of the forgiveness of our sins, and then to offer glory and worship to God our Father by being united with uh, Christ the high priest, Christ the victim, and Christ our food. And so that then we have the power and the life of Christ living within us through uh, having our sins forgiven, and then Christ feeding us himself, he living within us, and offering his high priestly prayer on our behalf and even within us once we receive him. Uh, the, the Holy Mass is truly uh, the heart 
and life of our worship of God. And at the heart of the Mass is the Eucharist, the source and summit of our joy and happiness and unity uh, with the divine will of God. And we do have one question here that's come in. Thank you for submitting a question. What advice would you give to someone who doesn't find the rosary very inspiring? So great question about the rosary. That was actually going to be my next topic after the Holy Mass and the sacraments, that the rosary is the most powerful prayer after uh, the Holy Mass and the sacraments of our faith. And that is because it is a meditation upon the mysteries of our salvation. And we do so in union with the greatest human heart ever created. And that is the heart of our Blessed Mother, the heart of the Virgin Mary united to the divine heart of Jesus and his divine grace given to us through his sacred heart. And Mary leads us to understand. She teaches us as a mother. That's why the rosary is such a powerful prayer that I encourage families, parents, grandparents to teach children, grandchildren that prayer at a very young age, to let children become accustomed to praying the Hail Marys together as a family as well as individually, and as well as uh, to help them to meditate upon the mysteries. So, For someone who doesn't find the rosary very inspiring or beneficial, uh, I would suggest to invest oneself in uh, understanding the rosary because oftentimes uh, I liken it perhaps to someone who doesn't understand the value of something. Um, Sometimes... uh, Perhaps maybe in someone's giving a gift and someone is receiving that gift and the, the receiver doesn't understand the value of the gift from the one who's the giver. And therefore, uh, there's a, a, a lack of an appreciation for whatever the sacrifice was or the effort of making or providing the gift. Uh, the rosary is a gift to us. And if we're not finding it to be inspiring or beneficial, uh, the problem is not regarding the rosary and the great gift it is for us and for our spiritual well-being and for the church at large, it is our lack of understanding. It is our lack of appreciation. Uh, So there's a need to invest oneself into understanding better what exactly is the rosary. Uh, Why has it been prayed for centuries and centuries? How has it led to great sanctity in the lives of so many saints and holy men and women, of whom we many we don't even know, but we know that there have been holy men and women through the rosary. Well, at the very heart of the rosary is the meditation upon the mysteries of sacred scripture. So each decade, we profess a mystery. And as we pray the Our Father and pray the Hail Marys, we're to know the words that we're saying, but also to think about, meditate upon in our minds and hearts what those mysteries are. Uh, so for example, to play, like if we're, uh, the fifth sorrowful mystery is the crucifixion of our Lord. And as we're praying those Hail Marys, we put ourselves right at Calvary. What was that like to be with Jesus there, suffering and dying on the cross? If you and I were there personally, as, as was Mary, we can be there with Mary and John the Apostle and Mary Magdalene. What would we say? What would we do? How would we feel? What would that be like? to be right in that scene. We can also think of it uh, regarding the other mysteries, the, the joyful mysteries. If, if uh, we were present at Bethlehem when Jesus was born and we hear the beautiful accounts each Christmas of the singing of the angels, the angels going to the shepherds uh, and calling them to come to worship the newborn child, what would that have been like to be there and see Mary and Joseph, to see the newborn Jesus? Well, those are thoughts that we can think of or want to have that inspiration as we pray the rosary. So that's one of the very powerful aspects of that prayer. The second thing after that is to bring our intentions into that prayer, because the the mysteries upon which we meditate are for our salvation. They're for our 
spiritual growth and growth in the love of God and loving His will for our lives. So it is there that we bring our needs, our petitions, our hopes, our dreams, our disappointments and sadness, our sufferings, uh, and all that we hope for, praying from our heart and being united in the mysteries of the action of God saving us through the life of Jesus. And, and then Jesus welcoming Mary and Joseph and others into that mystery of his action and works of salvation uh, upon which we meditate. And then also along with that is the rosary has a, a beautiful sanctifying power to lead us to habitual prayer. Uh, from, from One of the fruits of the rosary is to lead us into conversation with God, that we become familial uh, with talking with God as a loving God. And we become familiar with our Blessed Mother and St. Joseph and the angels. And we become familiar with the idea of our real goal and purpose of this life, which is to get to heaven. Uh, our life here, its ultimate purpose is that we can be with God forever in the next life. So we want to uh, understand that there's a profound fruitfulness in the rosary that leads us to desire more and more uh, I want to be in heaven. I want to be with the angels. I want to be with Jesus and see him. So the rosary has these and even more and many great benefits and inspiring qualities to it. So if anyone of our listeners who you, know, you do not find the rosary to be at times inspiring or beneficial or it's difficult to pray, I encourage you to invest yourself in understanding the rosary and and. I encourage you simply to persevere, to persevere in praying the rosary. And sometimes I find um, it's difficult for me just to sit down and pray the rosary just myself, uh, which you know oftentimes happens. Uh, I have the then in those times and those days when I have that sense about my interior life, I'll pull the rosary up on uh, on uh, online. There are several options for a rosary online, and I'll, I'll pull it up and I'll someone else will just pray it and I'll follow along with it, praying the rosary that way. I find that to be very helpful. There are also sung versions of the rosary or rosaries that have been made, perhaps on a CD where you can have some music with it. Uh, there are so many options to how the rosary can be presented through media or online or perhaps on a CD that can provide an additional inspiration to you. Uh, I know we had a, a few weeks ago here at St. Michael in Pine Island, we had a rosary procession. And, uh, and we uh, did this, I actually learned this from my, my nieces and my nephew. We pray the rosary when I'm home with my family. And, and they, they like to lead uh, the Ave song, the Ave from Fatima. And they sing the refrain between each decade. And they insist we have to sing the Ave. So we pause. And I've come to really like that, actually. And so we did that in the rosary procession. We prayed a decade. And then we'd stop. And we'd sing the refrain of the Ave Maria uh, in between each decade. And it broke it up a little bit. And it sort of reset us. Uh, in a way, by having a little bit of singing between reciting each decade, and it was, it was I think it turned out very nice, uh, very inspiring. So look at those little things and and see, because the rosary is so powerful, and Our Lady is so happy to pray with us. And just remind you at Lourdes uh, when Mary appeared in 1850. Uh, 1858 to Bernadette in Lourdes, France, that the first apparition, uh, Bernadette had this sense of, of being paralyzed. She, uh, Mary said, uh, let us pray together. She had a rosary in her hand, and Bernadette said she tried to raise her hand, but she could only raise her hand to make the sign of the cross to pray when Mary did. So Mary prays with us. And very important for us to remember, Mary prays with us when we're praying from our heart and investing ourselves in her rosary. Uh, another kind of related question, uh, I have a habit of praying the rosary at that time and have fallen asleep. Someone told me that wasn't a good thing and perhaps rude to fall asleep in the middle and not finish. Well, um, 
I, I, I don't really have that thought about uh, falling asleep if you pray the rosary. So the first of all, uh, God tells us in Scripture, His ways are not our ways, His thoughts are not our thoughts. Uh, because our hearts have so much need, we're, we're filled with poverty. Uh, we're In the spiritual sense, we're, we're beggars before God. God has all the wealth. And when we come to him and ask of him, you know, he shares his wealth with great abundance. But he, and then he wants us to grow in having that wealth, to be in a real relationship with him so that his gift of love to us, because that's who God is. God is love. He shares himself with us. We receive his love and then he wants love back. So we receive the wealth with which that makes us truly human. We're made by God, for God, for the sake of loving God. So it is all an act of love and creation and then in redemption. God gives himself, his love to us. We receive God, who is love. And God and gives us the power through faith and then to choose to love him back. And we share love back with God. It's such a delightful thing and our real joy in relationship with God. So as God looks at it, and as our Blessed Mother does, any little effort to receive love and to love God back is blessed. And God is, holds that as a treasure that we will try to love him. So even in a rosary in which we enter into praying the rosary with a good intention, I will pray the rosary. But if you fall asleep, the good of, of the intention and the effort to start and to engage in the rosary is not lost. It is not lost. And so go into that rosary, even if you're tired, to pray the rosary. Uh, I've heard the, the beautiful antidote, which I think is actually effective. We have a really great and powerful friend always with us, our guardian angels. God chose our guardian angels for us for a reason, that that angel has a special strength and power uh, before God and who will help us. And our guardian angels, it's good to invite them to pray with us and to ask them even if one should fall asleep, the guardian angel can finish that rosary. Um, and it's also okay that if you fall asleep praying the rosary, you might finish the rosary when you wake up. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, so I encourage you to simply be dedicated to praying the rosary. But if you find daily uh, that you're falling asleep praying the rosary, then ask our Blessed Mother, ask your guardian angel in St. Joseph, what is a better time in which to pray the rosary? Because maybe you need to pray the rosary earlier in the day or at a different time. Um, and then there's nothing wrong with falling asleep praying another rosary later. So sometimes it's actually helpful because of... Uh, Maybe someone is, has a hard, hard time getting to sleep and the rosary can actually help you sleep better. So no worries on the, if you happen to fall asleep. There are many good qualities about just deciding to do it. Our next question, uh, great questions coming in here. Uh, where should someone start if they don't really feel like they have a healthy prayer life? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, see, prayer is about a relationship. And uh, actually, I preached a little about this this last weekend. And many times for us to, to grow in our prayer life, we need to understand, we need to divest ourselves of those things that uh, impact the inability to pray or to not have a healthy prayer life. And the main thing of that is, is sin. You know, our, our souls are meant to be filled with God. And our, our souls are not filled with God and friendship through faith and love in God. Well, then they're, they're going to be filled with something else. And script, the, the gospel this last weekend uh, shows us that they're going to be filled with evil. All sorts of evil. And Jesus listed out a litany of evils uh, that can come out from within because the soul is not filled with God. So the sacrament of confession, uh, historically, as well as in the lives of the saints, when you look at them, has been an indispensable way to grow in a healthy prayer life. 
the sacrament of confession basically says, Lord, I have chosen to sin. These are those sins I have chosen to do. I ask you to forgive me. So our Lord takes those sins. In a sense, we kind of, you know, he helps us to take out the garbage. He does it, takes out the garbage from our souls. And then in forgiveness, he gives the Holy Spirit be filled with the Holy Spirit, and then we're enabled to have greater strength to resist the temptations in the future. We're growing merit by uh, being forgiven and then making the resolution to cooperate with God's graces, the firm resolve to not sin anymore. And then with the firm resolve to not sin, the Holy Spirit inspires within the soul those works that please God and continue to maintain the true dignity that one has as a child of God, which would be prayer and praise and thanksgiving uh, before God and in God. It can be the works of mercy, both the spiritual works and the corporal works of mercy. It can be little works uh, of gratitude and thanksgiving that are done just for the love of God, that we end up growing into all that we do for the love of God. So if one does not feel like they have a healthy prayer life, I recommend increasing the frequency of the sacrament of confession, especially a minimum I would suggest is once a month. Um, and even every few weeks uh, uh, would would be fine. Um, and then after that, uh, prayer is a gift of the Holy Spirit to ask for the gift of prayer. And I regularly pray that for young people, that young people will grow in the gift of prayer because the Holy Spirit leads us and teaches us how to pray, for we know not how to pray as we ought. So the Holy Spirit moans within us and leads us to want and to desire to have a conversation. And sometimes that's just not having a healthy prayer life is that we let ourselves nurture uh, a lack of desire. We let ourselves fail to desire to pray. Do you want to talk to God? Uh, do you want to have the happiness and joy of the one who can make one happy and joyful? So uh, sometimes we have to be sincere. It's like, do I really want to be happy? And the only happiness that is real and true is in relationship with the one who made us for himself. So sometimes our health is, is uh, rooted in uh, the desire of, of what one wants or what one is not wanting uh, that leads to an unhealthy circumstance interiorly. So want to talk to God. Desire to be in the most loving and holy relationship you can with him. And you will grow into a more healthy prayer life. Now, one thing I want to say is I, I gave this talk over the weekend that there are difficulties in prayer. And when you study the lives of the saints and even those that are considered some of the great mystics, they had problems in prayer. They had difficulties. Uh, we ought not to expect that if we go on to the course of prayer, that everything is just going to be real easy. Everything is just going to be going from ecstasy to ecstasy. And quite frankly, that's, that's unrealistic. That's not what, what our Lord shows us. Even in his own sacred humanity, uh, that's not what he shows us uh, during his own times of prayer. Uh, however, well, there will be times of joy. There will be times of, of great and ecstatic experiences for one dedicated and giving oneself to God uh, in a general way so that God helps the soul to understand what that is and what that is like. And oftentimes it's, it's simply a consolation that you know is from God and being in relationship with him, a divine consolation. Um, but other times the, the importance of difficulties is one must simply persevere. One can never give up praying. Never, never let yourself go a day without talking to God. And one of the habits of persevering in prayer I, I teach often is your first decision of the day, when you open your eyes in the morning and you're waking up, may offer a prayer to God. 
say good morning, Jesus, or good morning, God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Uh, say a word of thanksgiving. Thank you for this day. I praise you. Uh, give your day to the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph. Invoke your guardian angel. But if, you're, if your first decision of the day is to turn to heaven, turn to God and turn to our friends in heaven and our Blessed Mother, uh, that is the best decision of the day. And you set all your other decisions uh, in an ordering behind that prayer. And, and it is really a kind of covering for that day. And the church uh, historically and traditionally has had a practice of teaching that very idea called the morning offering. Uh, I encourage parents to teach the, the morning offering and it begins such as, O Jesus, to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you all my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day, and so on. Uh, to have a prayer uh, such as that, to pray, be very good. The only the potential difficulties, we can begin to say it um, without thinking. Uh, we want to think and have our heart invested into it. And it's a constant challenge to pray with the heart. Uh, that's why sometimes our prayers might be the morning offering, but also then in our own words, uh, our own uh, interior words that we might um, have uh, made up for our prayer. So we have a call coming in. Uh, we have uh, we have a caller coming in uh, who has a question. And I think it's John calling from Rochester. So just in a minute, we'll have John come on with us. Uh, one last thing, as you go through your day regarding prayer, I suggest people find ways to thank God. And that's the other big thing. Your first decision as you... Um, begin your day to give a time of prayer. But then the second thing is, uh, and I love this from Blessed Solanus Casey, we, we don't thank God enough. And we, we want to thank God, find reasons to thank him. Now we welcome you, John, from Calling from Rochester. Are you there? Uh, yeah, I'm here. All right. Thanks, John, for calling in. And, and you have a question here for our uh, call-in this morning. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I talk to people and they, they pray for different things, and I was just curious, are there things that are that are too small to ask for in prayer, like help with a, with a test or just, you know, something I don't particularly want to do at work or something like that, or is prayer sort of only for the big things? Hey, that's a great question, John, and the direct answer is there's nothing too little to bring into prayer. Uh, there's nothing too great, and there's nothing too little. Uh, God really loves it when we ask for big things, because with God, all things are possible, and it's we should ask for miracles. We should ask for great things. The conversion of the whole world, absolutely. Uh, but there's also nothing too little, because our Lord cares about every little detail of our life. And, and, and the reason we know this, that there's nothing too little, is because of the nature of love. Love encompasses everything. God has given all himself to us. He's not held anything back of himself, nor of his gifts. And we see that particularly practically in Jesus. Jesus gave and emptied himself completely to show and prove and demonstrate his love for us. He gave every drop of blood in his body, even to just after he expired, having his side opened and the blood pouring out from uh, his heart and his chest cavity. He gave everything to show and to prove his love for us. Uh, and, and every little thing then can be accounted for in the love of God. And so and our Lord alludes to that as well regarding um, the clothing of the fields and how God knows that even if a bird falls from the sky, he knows this. And he knows, you know, the hairs on our head. He knows the details of our life. So there, there is no detail 
uh, that is too small for God's attention for us to bring it into him. And, and I, I likened it to something I read from uh, the Diary of St. Faustina last week uh, about how our Lord uh, had come to her and something was bothering St. Faustina. And, and uh, our Lord asked, well, what's bothering you, Faustina? And she said, well, Lord, you already know. And he said, well, yes, I do already know, but I want you to share it with me. See, Jesus wants a relationship. And something that is small and difficult for us is still a part of our experience. And it's not too insignificant for relationship with Jesus. Uh, he does want us to talk about bigger things and things that, you know, of his will and what pleases him and what he desires of us. Uh, but many times those little things do something to establish a deeper and more intimate relationship when we understand that God's love encompasses everything. So it's a great question, John. Thank you, Father. You're welcome. You have a great day. Thanks for calling in. You too. So on that note, I, I encourage people to consider in their prayer uh, that you can bring what's going on in your heart and mind into that relationship with God. And really, that, that delights our Lord. Uh, there are things that our Lord wants to bring up with us in prayer. Uh, we, we want to be open knowing that it's, it's a two-way street uh, to have a relationship, that we come to God and also God and it pursues us. He, he wants to give himself to us that he may receive love back from us. Uh, so we, we bring in, if something's bothering us, we bring that into prayer. If we're, if we're having uh, difficulties in something at work or in aspects of life, we bring that into prayer. And sometimes we sit down to pray. Uh, this is a phenomenon that, that it's important to be aware of. And maybe someone or something will come into our mind. We try to, try to put it aside. But sometimes our Lord permits those ideas to come up that, we, that he wants to bring them up to us. It's a way of prompting that he wants us to pray for someone or pray for a problem. And, you know, so I've, oftentimes I've heard, you know, Father, I thought of this person, hadn't thought about them in several weeks or some time, and all of a sudden they came up to me in prayer, so I prayed for them. And later I found out this or that happened and, and uh, something turned out for them, and it was interesting how that connection. But God knows all things, and he uh, welcomes us into that beautiful work of helping one another and connecting us by the power of his Holy Spirit. And one brief word, we've got about a minute left here, so on this sec on this segment, I want to talk just briefly on distractions. Uh, so distractions will be a part of prayer. Uh, what's important regarding distractions is to be patient and gentle with yourself, knowing that it happens in prayer. Sometimes, like I just mentioned, sometimes those distractions may seem uh, to be God wanting us to bring even that distraction up in prayer. Other times we need to set them aside gently and go back to focusing upon uh, the one with whom we're speaking, that is our good Lord, and to be focused upon him, but to be patient with oneself, uh, to not let oneself become discouraged, because the devil loves to prompt discouraging. I'll never pray well, I'll never do this well, but our Lord, again, he's so good, he looks at our intention, even the desire and the opening in the heart to approach him. The key with prayer is to persevere. Never give up your time of prayer and your effort at prayer. And that will be providing for greater openings of graces. And, and it is appropriate to continue to ask for all that God desires uh, in the gift of prayer. So that brings us to conclusion on the Real Presence Live uh, Stray Talk. So thank you for listening, everyone. I pray that you will continue to grow in your prayer. And we're coming up next. Stay with us. We will welcome Dale Barcher, uh, who is the South Dakota Right to Life Director. Stay with us.